2: I'm Annie. And I'm Leah. And this is Lactation Business Coaching with Annie and Leah, where we talk about the smart way to create a compassionate and professional private practice. Let's dive in. Hey, Annie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? doing well, doing well. Well, I'm excited because this episode is sponsored by Spruce. And I have to say that Leah and I are like, yay, Spruce is sponsoring our episode because not only is it fun to have a sponsor, it's exciting for us that it's a company that has done so much for my private practice. So Spruce, I use it for my business line. I use it for secure messaging with my clients and I use it for a bunch of other things. One of which I'm going to tell you later on in the episode is the tech tip. And I think Leah will agree with me that Spruce gives amazing customer service. They're super responsive. Yes. And
3: They really, their customer service is amazing. Like they respond so fast and are so very helpful. We've had to use just a couple of times had just questions about different features and they responded so fast, like blew my expectations away. So that was really awesome.
2: Yeah, anytime I've had any little glitch in, because it's any tech software solution is going to have glitches from time to time, they have been on top of it right away. They've been very communicative about it and they fixed it. Yeah.
3: And my clients love it when I tell them like, you know, we can't text over normal text lines, but we do have this, this option. They're usually like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And they'll, before I even leave uh, my visit, we'll be downloading it and getting it all set up. So I, I really, really have liked using it a lot.
2: Well, Spruce really wants you to try them out. So if you're listening to this podcast, you can go to the show notes and you'll find in there a promo code that you can use to get a free month of spruce. So you can try it, see if you like it. If you do like it, they can port your old number over. It's super fast. And that way you're not going to have any interruption in service from whatever service you've been using before. And if it's free, Google voice you're doing it wrong. I'm sorry. So Spruce is not the only game out there, but it's the one that Leah and I really love.
3: Yeah. And don't be afraid of putting your number over. It was so simple. It happened like right when they said it would, and it was super, super easy. And I, it, that was the, one of the things that I was scaredest about. I'm like, are my lines going to be down for days on end? Am I not going to have com- communication? And it was, it was seamless. It was perfect. So awesome. Well, cool. So to yeah, today we're talking about home visits and just kind of like how you run your home visit because this is something I'm always curious about. I know we've talked about it so many times like because lactation, private practice is oftentimes so isolating, um, It Um, you don't know like what is everybody else out there doing? I, I think I'm doing what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to delve in and like what are Annie and Leah doing and we're going to tell you all the juicy things that we do. <laughs> we're gonna I, like the dark <laughs> I,
2: I hope this episode is helpful to those of you who maybe didn't come up through pathway three, where you were getting supervised clinical hours actually in a lactation setting. I hope if you are in pathway three, you're seeking out private practice lactation consultants and not getting all of your hours in the hospital or in a clinic setting because home visits, as we'll t- talk about later in the episode, they're so different, but you know, if you're, Coming up as a volunteer breastfeeding worker and getting your hours that way, you might be super strong in the group setting and in the one-on-one by phone. But if you you may never have had a chance to actually watch a lactation consultant in person. So we're going to give you a little virtual peek. It's not a substitute for in-person shadowing. Even if you're already an IBCLC, go find somebody to shadow. I love having yes. new IBCLCs come along with me, and because they're I don't have to they don't have to actually do hands-on stuff with me. They can just watch and I really enjoy that. So before we actually talk about home visits and what they are and and what Leah and I do, Leah has a marketing moment.
3: Yeah. So today I'm going to encourage all of you to take the brave initiative to ask for testimonials or reviews from your clients. This can be really great content to add on your social media. So if you get a great testimonial from someone who used your services, that you can put on a pretty little Canva background and be another thing that you can share to keep building your content on social media. It's also a great thing to have uh, the reviews on Facebook if you do Google or help, you know, just the more reviews you can get, the better. But these moms who are sleepless and dealing with all the stuff that they're dealing with right away might not be up to filling out review. Um, But it's something that I've gone back, like maybe I've seen a mom you know, early on and then she'll have me come back for like a return to work visit. And obviously she had me come back because she liked me and she thought that we had good work together. And so that's a time that I will really maybe ask for a testimonial. We send like a generic like, Hey, did you like our services? Here's a link to give us a review on all of our um, follow-up emails. But this is like more direct sometimes I'll I'll have that opportunity in these return to work visits or maybe a follow-up visit if things are getting better to say hey you know reviews and testimonials really help us reach more mothers and if you had a minute it would be great and all like every single one that I've asked has been more than happy to jump on and and do that for us especially if I give them the direct link they'll give me a review really quickly or if I just ask like hey could you give a testimonial that we could share on our website anonymously.
2: But anyway, I think it's really powerful way to add to your business. Yeah. And I like your reminder that check with the people that are having you come back, or if they email you, you know, three or four months down the road and say, I have a quick pumping question. I'm back to work and want to make sure I'm doing it or whatever it is, or uh, can i ask you about solid foods we're still bre- and you're like oh you're still breastfeeding and at 5 months and you're asking me about solid foods this is somebody who likely was happy with my services and that's yeah. a great moment to say hey would you mind if you you know if you were happy could could you do this for me cuz at the end of after you answer her question or you know whatever it is that's a great moment because they're already like happy that you're in their life and seeing you as someone who still has value to them and that's that puts people in a place where they want to be generous in return. So yeah. And
3: I think I like to word it. Um, Cause I don't want to be like, do this for me. I like to word it as, um, you know, by having reviews and testimonials, I'm able to reach more mothers. That's great. Yeah. So it's not about, it's not necessarily about about me. me. Yeah. It's like, this is going to help you, me help more mothers and reach more mothers. So you're helping like the whole world. And, and oftentimes they're really responsive. So
2: that's my marketing tip for today. I love that. Thank you. So let's talk about home visits. So there are, you know, there's multiple different types of visits. You could do you could do an office visit. You could do a clinic visit. Some of you are doing video consults. Some of you love phone consults, and you're doing those. Um, but we're going to talk specifically about the home visit because that's a place where it's just so different and different enough from not only other kinds of lactation visits, but different from any other kind of healthcare. I know we're really going to get, I I often think of a home visit as more like relationship counseling than anything (laughs) like, like therapy Yeah, and you're in someone's sacred space and they're, they've invited you in and here you are. So Leah, I know you do both home and office visits. So what what for you, um, makes home visits different from office visits?
3: Yes. So I work in a pediatric clinic. And so we're seeing the families oftentimes on the same day, they're seeing the doctors visit. And I would say the biggest thing that I see is the difference is kind of the vibe of the visit because they're like in doctor office mode, you know, so things move really quickly. There's not a, there's not as much now. We certainly do plenty of like connection and like getting to know the family, but because one, the timeline's different because we're in this pediatric office, we can't, sit there for two hours with each family. So the timelines are different. So things move faster. And although I feel like I connect with the moms, oh my gosh, the amount of connection that I can create in a home visit versus office visit is just vastly different, mostly because of time. And then you're coming like into their intimate Setting, you know, versus the office visit. They're coming to me, and and it's very purposeful. Like you're here to help me with da, da 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 da. You know, whereas the home visits, a lot of discovery and like what's going on, and looking at their environment, and taking in like so many more factors, um, which require all that extra time. You know, so I don't know the living situation with my office visit clients. I might ask a little bit, or they might give me a little bit, but it's certainly not like sitting in their home and seeing Mm -hmm. what is this environment like? What are they dealing with, with the people who are in their home? What are they dealing with the different aspects of their living arrangements? You know, it's just so, it's just so much more that you get in home visits. I love my clinic visits because I can see so many more moms. So I feel like, okay, I'm having a bigger impact in, in some ways, but home visits are my heart. I love it. I love being in the mom's environment. I love just like, yeah, just seeing them. They just, they're, they're just like in a different space, you know? And so I can totally tell the difference.
2: I don't do office visits at all. So I don't have anything to compare to, but I, I love the information I can pick up about the family just based on what I see when I walk in the door. So even, you know, I can pick up on cultural things, like do they have a mazziza on the door? Which I see a lot here in Queens. It's just fun. It's like okay, now I know a little something about you. I know that you've got some, you know, this aspect of you that's important to you, and that can can just it's just nice. So those, those like kind of little things are like oh, I always yeah. like books that people have, and yes. like oh my like, gosh, I do can we connect over? And if we can connect over books, I totally yes. go there. Or you oh. know, so I love that, and I love seeing like what personal items you know you've got you see, I love seeing their wedding photos. You know, a lot of times you're oh, working I know. With really young families and they like maybe just got, just married, got married and mm-hmm. I got married a long time ago. So it's like, it's so sweet. And I'm like, you're sitting here with your new baby, but you're still like, you know, reflecting and, and loving that time when it was just you. And I don't know, there's a lot about that stuff that I just, I love getting that, that really those personal things that are never, they're not going to be asked about in an intake form. No, They're not going to be, anything you would ever ask have any clinical relevance, but it just gives me this to picture those of things. these people. I love it. And I also yeah. like the little clinical cues that I can get. So I can walk in and I, I always want to wash my hands in the kitchen, not the bathroom. They always try to send me to the bathroom, but I want the kitchen, not only because I want to dry my hands with paper towels because I, I really d- don't like towels. I agree. So yes. It's just the thing. I know I'm, I'm, a thing. I, yeah. I know I'm not alone in that, but also because I can see... Are there bottles in the drying rack? Are there pump parts in the drying rack? Yes, that always looks like what and kind of pump parts? Yes, giant <laughs> what bottles of, are they using? Giant can of powdered formula on the counter. You know, whatever is going on, I can quickly get a sense of what's happening with this family, especially if they haven't been really detailed in the intake of the, in the beginning. And I don't know if they're pumping or supplementing. And I just know like my nipples hurt and that's all I've gotten. So I can start to put things together. I can right. see what parenting books are on, their table, so I can see if they have one of the, you know, really um, awful sleep training guides on there. I can, so I can know if they were being influenced in that way. And uh, I can see what breast pump she has sometimes. And yeah, and just like what you said about like when there's other family around, I can get a sense of what kind of her support is like and yeah. what, what, how she's being helped or not helped. Yeah,
3: I think all those factors are so, so valuable. And I really feel like I get this deeper connection, um, with, with the home visit moms for sure, for, for the most part, sometimes in the office, but definitely in yeah. home visit. Yeah. I feel like I have so many places I can connect with them.
2: I also just like seeing people's homes by the way. And I, I know yeah. I'm not, I know I'm not alone on this. I'm like, Ooh, how do you live? Like what kind of decor do you I have? And my goodness, I get some, I get some families that have some really great design skills that I do not have and I'm always like, I was like I know I always you like You can put a couch like, there?
3: I love that design and I'll try to like okay, I need to remember that when I go home cuz I could like put these things together and like yeah, how yeah. they put things together that I would never have thought of putting together and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's so cute. I need to do that in my house." Um, yeah totally fun. It's fun to have that little insight to <laughs> get to see different things. Okay. So Annie, let's go through just a normal, like home visit for you start to finish. We're going to do a quick kind of rundown of what happens in Annie's home visits. So I know because we've talked about it multiple times. You have crazy drives or yes. weird parking situations, but you have, your clients have intake before the visit, right? So they have forms they fill out. Yes, And yes. do you have like a hundred percent compliance with that or like
2: I'm, most compliance? <laughs> I will not go to someone's home without a consent for care signed. Oh I yeah, yeah. Do it. And that's my own personal boundary. It's in my policies and procedures. So, um I have 100% compliance in getting the consent signed because the platform I use, which is Charm makes that very easy. Other platforms also make it easy. So, that's just the one I use. Um I don't have 100% compliance in getting information like What's your baby's last name? That is a big one that I don't often <laughs> I know, get. and I'm like, I don't know what to put on the claim form, like yeah. or or what their birth weight was, so yeah. I can live with that, but as, so as long as I have their consent signed, uh, I feel like you're a legit person. You told me yeah. at least you know you did this for me, and so where we are i'm always i'm parking i'm I sometimes actually do go to private homes where I'm parking right in front and ringing a doorbell, and somebody lives there because there are places out in in Eastern Queens where people live like that, like the suburbs. And sometimes I have (laughs) gone out to Long Island and, and work with people in private homes, but typically I'm going to apartment buildings. So there's a couple of layers that I have to go through. So I'm always like, I'm parking, I'm walking, I'm buzzing downstairs. I'm getting buzzed up. I'm taking an elevator up. And so I have this whole like, like pregame thing that I do, which mostly you know, it involves me looking at my phone and checking Facebook really quick. But I also like sometimes picture myself, like, like, I'm just like revving myself up, like, okay, like get your game face on, get your game face <laughs> on. If any of you have ever seen the great old movie, All That Jazz with Roy Scheider, he has this like ritual he does. My ritual is not like his, it doesn't involve like pill popping or anything, but he like <laughs> always ends it by like doing jazz hands and going, it's showtime. And so like, <laughs> that's how I feel in the elevator. It's showtime. showtime. And so I ring their bell and they've all got the little peepholes. And so I'm always oh. arranging my face so that I'm presenting a friendly face the moment they open the door. So I'm not looking hi. at my phone when I ring the bell. I'm, I'm looking at them. I ring the bell. I've got my nice little like neutral, slightly smiling face on. Yeah. I walk in. I say hi. Um, I don't offer to shake hands. I will shake a hand that's offered to me, but I don't extend my hand to shake it. I walk in. I've got all my bags. They say hi. They say can I, if they say, can I get you anything? If there are other people there, I will say, I would love a glass of water. If there, if it's only the parent and the baby, I will say no, thank you. I'm good. I have I have a water bottle in the car, so I only say yes if there's another human being beside the the person I'm there to see. Yeah, who can that's very thoughtful of you. <laughs> and then I say to them, okay, I'm just going to set my stuff down. I'm going to wash my hands, and then we can get started. So I will I so if they offer to take my coat, and again, if it's the if it is somebody who is not the parent I'm there to see, I will let them take my coat. But if not, I just pile my coat on the floor. I, t- I always take my shoes off. That is a cultural thing here in New York City. It's also a preference. Even if is they it? are not a shoes-off family, I will take my shoes off because I think shoes are oh, disgusting. Wow. I have like th- nothing that, nothing I could possibly be walking on on a New York City sidewalk <laughs> <without> <laughs> brought into anyone's home. That's so, so interesting that you say it's a cultural thing. So like most people take their shoes off. Well, if, uh, you know, okay. yeah, I mean, I, I go to a lot of places where they're like, we're a shoes off house. And I always try to get my shoes off before they say that. So they know yeah, I'm a shoes like, off person. I know already. <laughs> I, know, I know about the shoes, but, um, you know, a lot. And I just think, you know, just from like a, like, it is disgusting, like things I'm bringing in. I oh. don't, I don't, I want to be, I don't want to have my shoes on. I also can't think with shoes on either. Oh, interesting. So I just, I hate shoes. I'm a, like, <laughs> anti-shoe. I'm anti-shoe. But I know there are some places where if you took your shoes off in someone's home, that would be that's like not cool or not done. So you got to do you, but this is, this is what I do. I take my shoes off. I wash my hands. Like I said, I try to wash them in the kitchen, but if they send me to the bathroom or if I have to use the bathroom, I am not afraid to say, I just need to use your bathroom for a moment. I sometimes I'm in the car for an hour before I act, I actually see them or longer sometimes. So I, if I have to use the bathroom, I'm going to ask to use the bathroom and I wash my hands. I take a long time. I dry my hands. all sudden, sometimes come out of the bathroom and then go to the kitchen and use their paper towels to dry my hands. And then I do all of those things. If I walk in and the baby's crying, I won't. I will hold going to the bathroom as long as I possibly can till a better <laughs> moment. The baby's not crying. I'll go to the bathroom. That's if I have to go to the bathroom. So we're getting really, really very close and personal Great. here. This is good. But, this is good. I like it. I like it. So then I'll say, I'm just going to take a moment and pull up my chart. This is if the baby is not crying. I'll say, just need to take a moment and pull up the chart. I open up my iPad, which I have is connected to a Bluetooth keyboard. I connect to my hotspot on my phone. I bring up their chart on charm. I get everything set it settled. And I say, and like, as I'm like doing the final pieces of that, I'll say, I know you told me some things when you booked the visit, but I would love to hear just in your own words, what's going on. So that's the first question I ask. So then they start talking. And while they're talking, I'm recording things that are important to record. I'm charting. I'm asking follow-up questions whenever that client is telling me something momentous or important or personal. So they're telling their birth story or they're talking about their fertility struggles, getting pregnant or explaining to me how much it hurts. I tip my iPad so that the screen is is facing like down into my lap. So I am looking straight at them. When they're telling me things that are like, how many visit? How many times did you breastfeed in the last twenty four hours? How many bottles did the baby get? I will do that. I will look at my. I will go back and forth between making eye contact and looking at my screen um, to record those things. So that that's the distinction I make. Personal means you get my full face data. Means we're doing it like this and. And I just kind of like read the vibe of what's happening. So try to, and that really shows, like, I think hopefully they can tell that I'm actually listening things that if there are things like data points that they tell me during their birth story, I will record those quickly later at a different time to visit. So mm-hmm. the next thing that I'll do is I'll say, okay, I'll make sure I get all the information I want. And then I'll say, okay, the ne- first thing we're going to do with your babies, we are going to weigh your baby with just a dry diaper on. So go ahead and undress your baby. I'm going to set up my scale. So while they're changing the baby's diaper and getting the baby just in a dry diaper, I'll set up my scale. I ask them to um, give me a swaddle blanket. One of those muslin ones are my preference. I fold it for them because this is another little sneaky little home visit thing. They hand me the muslin blanket. And if it's folded like a triangle, I know they're swaddling because that's how they teach them how to do it. And if they hand it to me, just all in a lump. I don't know anything about them, but um, but that's like one little thing when it's in a triangle. I'm like, okay, I know know something they're doing. So I fold it, I put it on there. I tear my scale with the blanket and then we weigh the baby. And then I tell her, okay, let's, why don't we start by having you show me what you've been doing and we'll go from there. So she's, I start by having her just get her baby into the position and get her baby latched on. This is if they're latching. If the baby's not latching, we'll do some different stuff first. We'll, I'll get them skin to skin and laid back and, and start, start from there. If she's having nipple pain and if she's got severe nipple damage, I will say, Usually I start by having you show me what you've been doing, but we already know that what you're doing is painful. So can we start with something different or can you describe for me what you've been doing? And we'll see if we can start in a different place. Are you open for starting in a different place? And now here's a little, this is not even like specific to home or office, but speaking of nipple pain, I have a clinical policy. Something I really try very hard to do is if a mom is having pain on latch. I try very hard not to be touching either her or her baby at the moment of the latch. So because I don't want her to have any perception that I'm pushing this, her into pain, Mm. that my physical touch is part of the pain she's feeling. So I feel very aware that like, I want to do all the coaching and get everything in there. But at the moment, once we're all like in that place and the baby's about to go for it, I, I just take my hands off. Just so that they're feel so she's not like so I try to get her everywhere and I'll use my hands to get her arm into position, but and sometimes I'll even use some little gentle pressure on her arm to try to say lift your arm up, raise your arm up, scooch the baby up. But I don't do any of those adjustments at the moment of the latch when the mom's been having pain. That's really interesting. Worse, Um, yeah. That's just some little random weird thing that I do. So we do (laughs) the baby eats if the baby is starving, hungry when I get in and needs to eat. I will immediately, I will do the wash my hands for thing and then i will we'll weigh the baby and um, I will take a picture of the weight on the scale or actually I, if I, or I will put it right away into the converter app on my phone because my scale does metric. And so then at least when I, when I finally do have her information pulled up, I have, I can go back to converter app and see what that the mm. weight was and the prefeed weight. And then I, then I will get the baby, the baby's needs met. And then I'll bring, then I'll say, okay, I'm just going to take a minute and bring up your chart and you can tell me what's going on. But I will say, we're going to do the baby. We'll just, let's just take care of this baby first. Yeah, yeah. So that's a weird little home visit thing that also happens. You might not be like, I think I would imagine in an office, like there's some readiness when people walk in and in a home visit, you just, you never know what you're walking into. So you just got to be yeah. flexible to roll with it. Yeah,
3: uh, yeah. most of the time that's the case, although I can't tell you how many times, like, I am working with somebody in the clinic, and our waiting room is, like, the separate little room, but it's pretty close, and, like, I could hear the baby over there crying, but I'm, like, trying oh. to finish up the consult, and I'm like, oh, they-. <laughs> they need to eat, they need to eat. And so like, Oh my gosh. To hurry up one calls. That is like so hard mentally because you're trying not to focus on the fact that this other little one is like ready to eat and the mom's trying to hold them off so that they'll eat when they're with me. And then I'm like, ah. So sometimes I've even been known to like, bounce, like get another one in a room and bounce back and forth because I cannot stand the thought of like this little one waiting. Oh my gosh. TV. Oh, I know. Oh, it drives me crazy. I know.
2: You do not have, so to, you have to actually be a parent to like have so much empathy for that, that. I know. I know. It's so
3: hard. That, that is one of the hard things. Cause like in a home visit, you don't know, you're driving,
2: you know, so you don't know what's going on. Yeah, you have no idea. And always, I, I, idea. <laughs> I'm usually, I am never right on time when I say I'm going to be there. So I, tell people I'll be there approximately this time, but it could be 10 minutes just depending on parking. Cause there, that's a variable I can't control. So um, I have a question. I interview you yeah. about this home visit. Do yeah. you tell
3: your family something specific leading up to the visit? Like, do you tell them like, please have your baby ready to eat? Do you tell them, have them down to a diaper? Do you tell them anything like prep for your
2: visit at all? Yeah. I tell them that it's good. If your baby's ready to eat about 30 minutes after I yeah. am scheduled to arrive and they do what they can. I think the worst thing is when they're messaging me dirt while I'm driving to them and <gasps> yes. like my they're baby's like, hungry. Should I feed my baby? And I'm like, and you're like uh, I'm driving like, and I can't, um, can't. yeah. And so that I find that very stressful. Yeah. Um, and I don't, Know that I handle it well, um, and yeah. sometimes I honestly I just ignore it, and I say I just they oh. just, they're just gonna have to figure it out because it's dangerous to text and drive. Like, right, it's not a good idea. So I know. Um, and I'm parking. Yeah, my assistant
3: is really good. She'll be like, give them a little tiny snack, and then try to hold them off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. If, if
2: I can, feel- like, if I'm at a very long light then I can like throw something like that in there. Just hang tight. I'll be right there. And, um, yeah, I know so hard. So then during the visit, I will, I find the feeding, uh, is a really good time to chart and just kind of get caught up because especially if the baby is actually feeding, you could have like 15 to 20 minutes where you're just kind of sitting there. Yeah, so I'll use that as a time to record things that I'm seeing in the visit. Just start, you know, checking some of the boxes on my charting template. Ask more questions. A lot of times, I'll wait till then to ask the birth story, just because the mom she kind of wants something to do, you know. Too, we're all just waiting for yeah. the baby done eating. Um, yeah. So there's a lot that I can do on my charting there, and then I always. Feed the baby on one side, then we'll do a post feed wait. I'll see how that's going, and then that's when I do the oral exam on the baby. I do it after one feeding because I don't want to have preconceptions about what's happening in that baby's mouth before yes. seeing them feed. So I want to yes. just like see them feed see what's happening in their mouth and in their body. If the baby didn't feed well and is still hungry after time on the breast, I will say, let's give about, you know, half an ounce to an ounce of expressed milk before we try again. So, um, just kind of gauging, like, is this baby, is this baby really hungry? Especially if the baby isn't transferring well, I don't want to do an oral exam on a baby who is hungry. I want to make sure that baby yeah. is content or, you know, not, not stressed. Um, it's super important to me to keep the baby relaxed. Um, and I will, the baby is not handling things well. I will just, I might not do a full oral exam. I might not do everything that I would want to do because I, I don't, I just, keeping that baby relaxed is more important than any data I could collect in that moments. So then we usually do the other side, talk more while they're doing the second side. That's when I'll start to give my assessment of what's happening. And I'll say, here's what I uh-huh. think might be going on. Let's you know, talk about it, ask, answer their questions. Um, I, I'll tell them what I think is going on. I'll give my explanation. And then I'll say something like, I've just thrown a lot at you. What questions do you have about what I've just said? What? And they'll ask me their questions. Um, we'll weigh the baby a second time. I'll say, okay, so just to recap, here's what we were talking about today. What other questions do you have for me while I'm still here? Sometimes if I'm a little behind in my charting, I'll say, I'm just going to take a few minutes to write up some of the things that I saw so I don't forget them while I'm doing that. Think about any questions you have for me while I'm still here. Um, oh, I like that. And then we wrap up the, I will ask for, you know, I'll say, would you like to schedule a follow-up visit with me now? I could come back this day, you know, or at this time, I'll offer them a follow-up time and then I'll tell them, okay, you're going to get an email where you're going to get your care plan and sending a report to the pediatrician with charm. I'm able to do that. As soon as I'm done charting, I click sign and the client gets it immediately. And the pediatrician report, I use the charms integrated faxing. And so I can get the pediatrician report out to them with one click also. Uh, so that's, so then that's done. So my goal is always to be completely done with the charting and reporting component before I leave their house, or I will finish it very quickly using my hotspot in my car before I go to my next consult. So I really try not to carry things over into the, into bringing them home. Cause I do have some billing things I have to do separately. I wait till I get home and I do those, I batch those and do them once a week. So, mm. cause that's kind of a tedious task. I actually, I have an admin who does that for me now. So, <laughs> so that's, that's basically my flow for a home visit. They, you know, there's little variables here and there. They don't always go exactly like that, but, um, most of them follow that, that basic template. Yeah. Well, that's awesome because I feel like we do a lot of things. Yeah. Very, so tell very me, similar. tell me what
3: you yeah. do. So very similar to you. We, we send out ahead of time intake forms and the consent and everything. But one thing I ch- always try to do is before I go in, or like either in the morning when I'm prepping for my day, or if it doesn't look like they filled it out, then I'll download when I'm, when I'm at my home, I'll download everything and, and I'll try my best to like, because on MLC, it's like half the time. They don't go through to the consent part because it's like a second step, yeah. you know. It's like you finish the first thing and then you sign that, and then you finish. You have to go to this next step. And a lot of times, I don't, so I want to know ahead of time, like, do you know where do I need to be doing that? Like, mm-hmm. is it right off the bat or is it already done? Mm-hmm. And so, because that will kind of dictate a little bit of how I'll change my approach. So, I try to get get that all downloaded. Just for people
2: listening, MLC, MLC stands for mobile lactation consultant and ah, it is yes. an, an app based charting platform. I use charm, which is a browser based charting platform and charm. You have to be online to chart most effectively. Mobile lactation consultant can be used offline, but you have to be online to download everybody's info the first time they are in your system. So I yes. just wanted to give that clarification. Thank you. Yes. I forget. So keep I'm like, going.
3: Everybody knows. And I use an iPad for my charting and then I have like a little keyboard with it. And, um, so anyway, when I get there, uh, I do very similar to you. I usually greet them. Hello. And I usually ask like, where would you like to set up for a visit? Cause sometimes they want to be in the living room. Sometimes they want to be in the nursery in Houston. Everybody has these three story townhomes, And if they're like, oh, we're going to be in the room on the third story, Uh like, okay, here goes the hike with all my gear. Uh Um, So I try to figure out like where they're going to want to set up because I've had it happen where I don't ask that and like, we'll be in one place. And they're like, well, no, I'd really rather feed in this other place. So then I'm like picking all my stuff up and then trying to get off to another room. So I try to set up and while we're setting, like I'll set my scale up right away and, usually. And then I'll say, okay, well, you know, I just want to review the intake with you. And if they didn't sign the consent, I'll be like, and, and I just have a few things for you to sign. And so I'll go through if the baby's not hungry. And I also wipe down my skin. Like I set it up right away in whatever room we're going to be nursing. And I wipe it down. Oh yeah. That's because I have, yeah. I use alcohol disinfecting wipes and I know they don't like kill all the things, but I feel like at least I'm doing something. And then I have like stronger things at home that I'll wipe down like end of the day kind of thing, but I don't want it to be wet with like some crazy yeah. chemical and then
2: that baby. So you could also get wipes for your screens too, especially yes. if the parent's going to be signing on signing. their finger on your screen. Yeah. Yeah. I use alcohol wipes
3: for my phone and like my iPad keyboard and my screen on my iPad. Um, and I use a little um, apple pen that I Uh do with the signature. So I clean that too. Yes. Good point. Cause I like to keep, keep everything nice and clean. So I'll wipe that down. And while it's drying, then I'll, we'll start, start just talking about the intake and kind of what's going on. And I usually start by telling them if they didn't fill out the intake form, like, okay, I just need to get, you know, just some general demographic kind of information and health information first. So I have a pretty quick flow that I can get all their intake. And really, we're not even talking about what's going on with breastfeeding or the baby because now I've got to find find the time in this visit to get through all their intake if they didn't fill Mm -hmm. out the forms ahead of time, which is so time consuming. So I try to go, I have like a pretty fast flow that I picked up from the clinical visits because in the clinic visits, they don't ever have anything in there ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So not only are my clinic visits only an hour, but I also have to get all their history and identify the problem and take care of it. So those move so fast that I've been able to pick up a little bit on that. So I'll try to go through that. And then as we're talking um, and I get through the last page where I'm like getting the baby stuff, I'll be like, okay, now let's delve into what's exactly going on. And so then I'll let the parent kind of tell me a little bit about the actual breastfeeding issues that are going on. And, and this seems to work really well to keep the conversation at a nice pace and flow so that I know I'm going to have enough time to, like, I want to get all that intake and first stuff done like 20, 30 minutes so that I have a whole hour and a half of just dedicated mm-hmm. time to what's going on. So we'll go through that. And even if they filled it out ahead of a time, I, I still go through my, quick version of like, Oh, I see you put this down. Let's talk about that. I like to hear, cause sometimes people will put down things cause it, like they didn't understand. And so like the question or something, they'll put something weird. And, and I like to go over all the things that they put in with, with them so that I can mm-hmm. clarify, like, what did you mean by, you know, this testing or you said you had infertility, but that's not really what they meant. They just meant it took them three months to get pregnant instead mm-hmm. of one month. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyway, So I'll go through that. And then I, we do the same as you. I don't wash my hands until right before I start in on the visit, because I know I'm going to be touching my scale bag and my Mm -hmm. computer and all my things. So right before we start in on the helping with feeding is when I go wash my hands. So if right before I go to touch, so I try to get, like I'm, I'm a bit of a germaphobe. So I try to get all my touching of other things, like my keyboard and all that with my, you know, just hands the way they are. And then I wash right before I put on gloves to like help with the latching and, and mm-hmm. the big mouth as examination and everything like that. And so we'll go through the latching. I do things a little, it's so interesting to hear how you do things. And you're so thoughtful about, you know, just your point about the pain thing and everything. It's so neat to hear different mm-hmm. people's perspective. I have a lot of moms who are like, practically like I don't want to do it. And I'm like, no, you, you know, this it's not going to help if I can get the baby on, like all I tell them is not going to help if I can latch your baby because I'm not going to be able to stay here the rest yes. of the day. So, so let's, let's keep your hands there. Let's do it. You know, and I might have a hand over theirs and guide them in, but I do really try to, you know, the self-efficacy, like you can do mm-hmm. this and have them practicing like multiple times. Like I know we, you've got a really good latch that time, but Let's just build your confidence on this. Let's let's have you take the baby off, put them back on a few times if latch is really like the main concern. And then similar to you, I always do my mouth assessment halfway through the feeding because I feel like the baby's still like they're not milk drunk where they won't even open their mouth anymore, um, but they're not uh, frantic and gonna do weird, uncoordinated, suck stuff because mm-hmm. they're just so frantic. They're like, where's the food? You know? So I usually do it then and, and kind of talk parents through what I'm seeing. I usually do lots of talking about everything that I'm seeing. And one reason is I'm not like you where I can chart every single thing in the visit. So it helps me to say it all out loud. Because I can remember it totally then. If I just, uh-huh. then when I go home, I can remember or if I'm charting either in my car after for that's my last one. I'm home when I'm charting the rest of everything. I put in like my details of like my, um, my impression and all that usually later so when i'm talking it through with them like everything i see in the mouth all of that i always just talk it out loud and for some reason that always solidifies with me for later on and i've been implementing some of the things we've talked about in the past like doing a recording like when mm. i get in the car i love that that's such a great idea and then also i've been trying to write down the assessment before you leave the visit so at least you kind of know your impression even if it's not in perfect text uh-huh um, I'll just kind of write like this is what I think is happening because I I use um, some of the features of MLC. They have the ZZZ um, template fills. So I'll like fill all my templates kind of like you do while they're um, giving me that early talk. You know, I'll be filling out some of those things and having like my chart all prepped. And then, so I do all my things that I'm going to be touching and helping them, you know, and I have my gloves on to do the mouth work and everything. And then when I take my gloves off, I'll go back to my computer then, and then I'll type. But I try to be completely done with my touching because remember I washed my hands and now I'm going to go back to be touching my computer again, which, you know, I know I use all over the place. So I know it's not clean. And then if I need to touch again, I always wash my hands again.
2: Oh um, and like a um, hand washer. <laughs> to that point first of all you can't wash your hands too many times during a home visit yeah um, <laughs> I wash like a hundred times but the second is when I'm doing I didn't even mention this and I, I cuz I know you do the same thing when I'm doing oral exams or handling the baby I wear gloves I don't yeah, always I, wear to, for- during, I don't wear gloves during the I'm helping you with breastfeeding part or breast assessments mm-hmm. but I wear unless there's um, nipple damage I sometimes might wear gloves just but I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't usually touch that close. It's usually yeah. just in breast tissue. Um, I, try yeah. to stay, I can find what I need to find far enough back away from any nipple damage. But always wear That's gloves with point. the baby. I always pull, make a show of saying, I'm going to put my gloves on. And they're like, so they see me take a fresh pair of gloves out of my bag.
3: Yeah. And I, so I try to have like this block of time where I'm not going to touch anything else. I'm going to have gloves on my hands. I'm going to help. I wear them just that whole block time. So in, I am wearing them when I'm helping with latch. I am wearing them when I do my breast assessment and when I do my oral assessment, but I'm not touching anything else. I don't touch my Mm -hmm. computer. I don't, I don't even touch the scale with the, I use like my wrist to touch the scale.
2: once I have the gloves on, yeah. I don't touch anything else except for the baby. And then I take them off. And if I have to to put like, them on something, I, I'll do a yeah. End. I'll do I'll put a fresh pair of gloves on. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I'll do like I'll do the the pinky if I have to push my scale button yeah. to get to locked away, the pinky finger of my non-dominant hand. Yeah. <laughs> <It's
3: like the laughs>
1: and I'm like,
2: that's not gonna touch anything. Like that's yeah. not, that one could be dirty. <laughs> yeah. That's funny,
3: so yeah i do I do try to be really aware of you know just making sure that I'm taking good precautions on not transferring any germs or anything like that, so then at the end, I'll go through kind of like you do, like, okay, this is what I think is going on, um this is our plan going forward, just making sure they are you know understand the plan, and then I don't. S- I don't always send my plan right then, but I do tell them like, you'll be getting a typed up plan of this because I want to give you lots of links and additional information that'd be helpful for you. And so that might go out at the end of the visit, but more likely um, when I kind of do my daily wrap up. So at the end of the day, I, I get home a little bit you know, before like end of day, like when I need to start dinner and all of that. And I usually am doing like my wrap up then of like any charting that I didn't get done, any care plans that see, still need to go out. So it's usually just a few hours after the visit. And then I usually confirm, you know, like I sent, I'll send them through my Spruce app. I'll uh, send them a little message like, hey, I sent over your care plan. Will you please confirm that you got it? Because I like, I have email oh my gosh like I don't know just lately moms keep putting in their email addresses wrong and then oh, they'll no. bounce back I oh know my gosh. I'm like, oh it just drives me crazy so I'm like okay making sure that they received it and everything. And then, yeah. And then usually at the close, I just make sure like you do just, I want to make sure before I have to go, are there any questions that you have anything else that I can, you know, give you information on you're not sure about and kind of close up that way. And then I do try to let them know my expectations. Like, you know, I think that this will probably be something that's going to take us a few visits or you know, I really think it would be beneficial if we did a weight check in three days and really make sure that they know what I'm thinking that I'm not thinking this is going to be fixed in one, you know, second, and that they're also aware of, like, okay, this is the expectation for this. And that's really helped me with the, um, like people scheduling follow ups, number one, but just having that continuance of care and, um, and their expectations. And, and we're all kind of on the same page. So I, I think that's really, really helpful. So So anyway, that's kind of how I run my
2: home visit. It's been fun fun to hear hear, like these little tidbits, you know? Well, just knowing, you know, there's, you know, we do some things the same and some a little different and, and it does, you know, just for those of you, especially who are first starting out, it's going to take you a little time to find your flow, but we hope that this has been helpful hearing what we do to help you decide what you, how you want to do your home visits. Yes.
3: Yes. And to know, like, there's so many different approaches. So like, just because Annie and I do it this way, doesn't mean that this is the end all be all way, or that you couldn't create your own way of doing it just by practice and looking at what works for you, what doesn't work for you. I think I've changed my flow multiple times throughout my
2: journey. So anyway. Well, if you've got a tip about a way that you make your home visits awesome, feel free to leave them in the comments so we can learn from you and maybe Leah and I will will find new things that we can do.
3: Yes, yes, please. Because we're only just two of the many out here that are doing private practice home visits. So I would love to hear how other people are approaching them as well. So Annie, before we wrap
2: up for the day, I know you have a wonderful tech tip for us. I do. And so our tech tip is related to this episode's sponsor, Spruce. So in addition to being able to use Spruce to communicate with clients, Clients like Leah was talking about, um, you know, checking in with them and, and sharing the note that says you got a care plan ready for you. Uh, I use Spruce has this feature called saved messages, which is their quick text feature. And I learned that because of the security levels of Spruce, the fact that it really is creating this environment that makes it really hard for you to really be too unprivate with things regular, the regular auto quick text on my phone does not work. So if I I have like all these quick texts set up in my phone, they don't come into Spruce. And And I think that's good because Spruce is not pulling things from other places on your phone. It's really keeping this private area. So I set it up in saved messages. And what I have in my saved messages, I have the names and phone numbers of the people that I refer to. So we have a here in new york city we have a whatsapp group where you call one of us need a lactation visit we're not available we'll go on our whatsapp group and say you know just the general neighborhood you know park slope and somebody will say i'm available tuesday so i have in saved messages about all those people and i will say i'm not available but try and then i hit dot and the first three letters of that person's name and spruce pops in their name and their phone number and I can hit send. So that's great because I can put there's you know kind of no end to the way that you can Use that, and it saves me a ton of time and prevents me from doing copying and pasting or, you know, just saying, "Oh, just go to her webs, just Google her." I used to do that before. I would be like, "This person's available," <laughs> but I'm like, driving, "So just Google her." So oh. Don't text and drive. I I do not text and drive. I have been known to take advantage of long traffic lights. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some very long ones here, but more often I'm pulling over and double parking in front of a hydrant with my flashers on to send messages. So, um, that's, that's how I do it here in New York city, but especially if you're on the highway, never text when you're on the highway. Don't do it. Don't do it. But this, this is a great way that Spruce gives you to, to keep things that you say frequently, or you could say like, yes, I'm available. Please check my website and schedule online. And yeah, I love free taps. I know anybody that's ever used any kind of quick text like I love it. And so that's yeah. how Spruce gives that to you in a way that isn't compromising the security of the secure messaging feature.
3: I love it. I love it. And it's so great that they've thought about this this aspect of having this open texting is like, okay, but we also need to make sure our time is used wisely and that we're not having to type the same things over and over. So I think that's great. Annie, I have a question about that. Did you set that up through you have to set that up through the online Right. You can't do that through your phone or can you?
2: Oh, that like is when amazing. you're in the
3: app. I think you have to only, you can only set it up. You log in through, through the like browser. their online. Yeah. Cause that some actually, of sh- yeah. sh- you can't see on the app, just FYI. Right.
2: And so log <laughs> in through your browser and you'll, that's where you can access some of these power user features, like yes. the saved messages or the, um, the autoresponder. And I actually prefer doing stuff like that on my computer anyway. Yeah. Um, it's easier to type. It. Yeah. It's just a better, easier keyboard and I can copy and paste a lot more easily so definitely if you've never checked, logged into Spruce on your, uh, through a browser, see what that looks like. You're, you're going to see some new things that you maybe haven't seen before. So, and if you have not used Spruce, but are intrigued by the idea, check the show notes for a code to get one month free. Thanks to our episode sponsor, Spruce. So Leah, it was great talking to you as always. Have a wonderful week. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.
3: If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.